very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me for this very first program for 2016. And if this is your first time, or your true journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview, just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. It's the beginning of the year. It's time for the truth. And the same thing goes for SunnyTazRadio.com. Take a listen. We have wonderful shows over there. If you want to upgrade your life, take a listen. And if you want to contact me or want to be a guest on this radio program, just click on the contact button and choose the right option. I'd love to hear from you. And tonight, he is back. A Veritas veteran to decode 2016 with astrology. Tonight's special guest is Jeff Harmon. Jeff is a second-generation astrologer and spiritual consultant with 40 years' experience. Jeff teaches how conscious self-awareness can lead us out of the matrix of our karmic past, which is revealed by the practices of spiritual awareness and the ancient astrological systems. He's based in Los Angeles and has clients in many areas of business and the entertainment industry. People around the world consult with him for personal and business needs. Jeff has also worked in many areas of the entertainment industry, including technological and forensics work with various government agencies. He has worked with such diverse people as Mother Teresa of Calcutta and George Carlin. Jeff is also a filmmaker and owns Conjunction LLC, a motion picture company. He has appeared on many international radio shows, and he's back to discuss 2016 directly from Los Angeles, California. Hello, Jeff, and welcome back. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Mel. So from Tucson, you left to Los Angeles. Is there something I don't know? Should I move out of here too? No, Tucson's great. In fact, I was just there a few days ago. And uh, the main reason we migrated here was uh, the film company. And also I have a lot of clients here, but my child, uh, we have a wonderful school he's going to in Calabasas uh, junior high, and then he's going to go to Calabasas high school. And and that was the main motivation as well. So it was, it was more than one thing. That's fine. And by the way, before we begin, I, I told you before that we don't have to discuss how this works, Vedic astrology and so on. But something that caught my attention that I didn't know, when you look at the planets, you know, the Sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, the last two, Uranus and Neptune, are not included. Instead, I see Rahu and Ketu. Can you explain that? 
Right. See, you're now you, what you're speaking about is Vedic astrology or more commonly known as Jyotisha. Jyotisha is a Sanskrit word that means the science of the light of the soul. At least that's one of the meanings. So what happens is even in the Kabbalah, as well as in the Vedantic, they don't pay attention to the outer what are often referred to as transcendentals, or you could say the outer planets, which is Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Um, they only look at Saturn in, and the reason why it also squares with the law of seven, the seven halls of heaven, there's seven holes in your head, there's seven days of, of the week. And interestingly enough, the last visible planet we can see is an actual star, reflective star is Saturn. You really can't see Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto without a telescope. So there's a lot to that. And Rahu and Ketu is an ancient legend. Rahu, in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because that's part of the discussion today about what's happening to the United States and in the world with Rahu and Ketu. Rahu and Ketu are the moon's north and south nodes. And, And just so you know what a node is, it's a mathematical place at which the sun and the moon and the earth line up. Now, I'm going to bring something up here, Mel, that you're going to be interested. There's a lot of flat earthers out there right now. And you know what? Hold on, hold on. When you you were saying that, I was thinking, is he going to be talking about flat earth? I didn't expect it, really. Go ahead. Well, well, I'll just throw this one out there. The ancient legends in the Sanskrit and in some of the Babylonian and Egyptian stuff as well, that's much murkier, but let's just keep it to the Sanskrit. The ancient legend of Rahu and Ketu is that when God was giving the immortal potions to the planets, which is the inner seven, sun through Saturn, this demon snuck in and drank the potion as well. And then God recognized it, or Vishnu is really the correct term in in the ancient uh, legends. And Vishnu threw a discus at this demon and cut it in half, but it was too late, already drank the potion, the head became Rahu and the tail became Ketu. Well, mathematically, that is where it's believed the sun and the moon and the earth line up. It's at these nodal points. You know, any engineer will know the word node means joining. It means meeting or a place of, of conjunction. So um, it's like there's nodes in computer networks. There's nodes in, in electricity. So long story short, the legend is that Rahu eats the sha- or eats the light of the moon or the earth or the, I should say the light of the moon or the sun. And that's why we have the eclipses. And K2 is the south node. And what's interesting is they really do act that way. In fact, this year, um, that is, I think, a central issue to the United States. The United States was formed with the moon in what we call a lunar mansion called Rahu. It was it was ruled by Rahu. And the United States this year hits a Rahu Dasha. Now, Rahu is the North Node. It is the the, um, head of the dragon. So when I say Dasha, that's a time period that consists of 18 years long. And because of the age of the United States, it's actually in its third Rahu period. And um, what's quite fascinating about this is that... um, the first time it came in was, of course, it was formed through the Revolutionary War. The second time was the technological revolution in the late 1800s to early 1900s. And the third time is starting this fall. 
In fact, August 11th, if my calculations are right, of 2016, the United States enters into another 18-year Rahu Dasha. So, um, sorry to get a little long answer there, but that's why they don't use the outer ones. Now, those two, why are they called planets if they're actually invisible? They're not. They're not. They're, in fact, they're not referred to as planets. In the um, vernacular of Jyotish, they are considered shadow entities, or some people call them a little incorrectly shadow planets. No physical shape. No physical shape. They do not exist in any physical way. They are a mathematical point. And in a spiritual realm, that's what they equal, is a spiritual issue. And eclipses have a huge effect on uh, I, I believe society, and they certainly have a huge effect on people in their charts. In fact, we'll talk about that later when we look at you know Hillary and Trump and you know some of the other things going on with the presidential election. What determines the orbit? Because I'm looking here, as you said, it's the north and south lunar nodes, right. and the orbit time is one and a half year. Per sign. And that's per sign. And see, they have an 18-year cycle. And there's a, some really interesting numerology in the Vedantic scriptures or lore, if you will. And what's quite fascinating is the moon is believed to orbit the earth, or at least it cycles the earth, if you want to put it that way. Um, every uh, it, it does so 108 times in nine years. And there's a hundred and, and one plus eight equals nine. There's also uh, an 18-year cycle of the nodes. One plus eight is nine. See, 18. Plus there is also, uh, if anyone's familiar with yoga studios and they've ever done mantras or prayers known as mantras with something called a mala japa bead string, there's 108 beads on it. So, and also nine is the last number in the base 10 numeric system. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. There's actually 108 what we call uh, nakshatras or divisions of the lunar mansion. And, and you know, hard scientists always laugh at this stuff because I, I, I do have some good friends in astronomy. And I always tell them, you know, no matter how much you polish the lenses on your telescopes, you're never going to see that zodiac either because it is a spiritual one built up of entities and angels in an astral or divine sense. But boy, it sure seems to line up with people and energies. Now, what determines what is an enemy planet, a neutral planet, a friendly planet? Oh, that, that, um, where are you seeing all this stuff? You're, you're, you're online or something? Uh, yes, well, I am. Oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, no, no, I've taken a course on that. Uh, I was going to say, Mel, man, you're really coming up here. The, um, well, see, now that all derives back from a very divine system of, it's believed God created the Zodiac and God created all the planets. And what's interesting for anyone who's a Christian, uh, you know, or born of any sect of the Christian faith, there's something called the Lord's Prayer, which most people know it starts out with our father who arts in heaven, right? Well, the end of that ends in a very ancient Hebrew Aramaic prayer called the Kabbalistic cross, which relates to astrology and the zodiacs and why planets are friendly or unfriendly. The reason why when 
most Christians say, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. They're generally crossing from the left shoulder at the power, the right at the glory, and amen at the heart chakra. But if you go back to the ancient Aramaic, you will see on the tree of life, the crown chakra is where the thine is is. And that's why most people touch the forehead when they say thine is. Now, Rome changed this in the Nicene councils around 530 AD to thine is the kingdom, the father, the son, and the Holy Ghost, which is a big change from the original Aramaic because there's secrets upon secrets in this stuff. Even the first word thine is, is... Um, in, in Aramaic, ata, which is alif tav he, which means the first letter of the Aramaic or Hebrew alphabet is alif, the 22nd is tav, and he, or the H letter, is five, which numerologically means all of creation is secretly encoded divinely between those 22 letters contained in five books, which most people know as the Old Testament. And in Judaism and the ancient Babylonian Egyptian, that was known as the Torah. Of course, Moses was believed to have written that. So why I bring all this up is because friendly planets, unfriendly planets, all have to do with uh, this matrix of the zodiac in the ancient sense. In fact, if anyone looks at any glyph of a planet, they'll notice all the icons are combinations of the sun, the crescent of the moon, which is the circle is the sun, the crescent is the moon, and the cross, which is Malkut, which means the kingdom, which is earth. And whether it's round or flat or domed, it certainly is a place of creation. And by the way, you are the one who brought up the flat earth. I know, I know, because I know you, Mel. I know, because you're, you're too smart. You're always finding stuff out. And I, and I heard that you asked another client. <laughs> well, I've done shows, a show on the flat earth, and I still make, you know, a comment about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of alternative, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, a lot of alternative media outlets out there are afraid, embarrassed, or don't even want to go there because they think that the audience is going to turn on them. Well, guess what? To me... It's all about the truth. If the earth is flat, okay, it's flat. If the earth is a sphere, it's a sphere. But right now, I haven't found one person to convince me that we live on a sphere. I'm not saying that we live in a flat earth. It could be concave. It could be something else. But every single image we have seen, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about the flat earth, but although I'm very interested in the topic, I haven't seen one single image from NASA showing me a picture of planet Earth on 2016. And the only one that we supposedly have from one of the Apollo missions, and now recently NASA has come up with new ones, but they're all CGI. You are in Hollywood. You are. A, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Have you ever seen a picture from Hubble Telescope, from the thousands of satellites that we have up there? And I know some people say, Mel, but they don't take pictures. Well, they do. A lot of them do take pictures. And we have surveillance all over the place. We should have something on the moon taking 24-7 live feed towards the Earth. That wouldn't be hard to do, would it? No. Not at all. You tell me why, Jeff. Well, I'll just say this. I'm with you. One thing's for sure. They are not telling us the truth, and I'll say that much. And, you know, I often get from people who are really hardcore into this, how can astrology work? Well, I still That was my next question. How does astrology work if we live in a flat Earth? Well, I I don't know that it's exactly flat, but Admiral Byrd certainly had some very, very interesting findings. And, you know, I I have to credit my wife, Camille, here. She has – Camille has always been a great researcher. She's Mm -hmm. written for UFO magazine – 
I met her at a, a gas station in Malibu and we were talking instantly about very interesting things. But I, I would say this, that um, astrology seems to be a spiritual matrix for sure. And I always say, forget Trinity, Neo and Morpheus. This may be the real one. In fact, I got to tell you, Mel, I all my life have been trying to walk away from astrology. Um, the only reason I got into it was in 1975. Um, I was just, you know, getting my license and driving and the girlfriends were coming around and my mother who had, you know, astrology sitting around since I was a kid and uh, medical astrology particularly. And uh, my mom was the coolest lady. She, she uh, died in 1988 and she was a nurse practitioner. She, she had, our, our town had, I think about 280 people in it. St. Germain, Wisconsin, and 400 and something people showed up at her funeral. Everybody loved her. And um, anyways, back, back to, to, to the astrology thing. I've always been trying to walk away from it. And, you know, the flat earth thing really threw a curveball at me at first, which it does to everyone. I mean, anyone who gets involved remotely studying just goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know. My reality is dissolving. And interestingly enough, and which relates to this year, this thing exploded on the Internet precisely in November of 2015, exactly when Saturn and Neptune started squaring. By the way, Mel, I'll make a prediction for you. Since you are a man beholding truth and trying to bring it to the world, this is a great year for you and your radio show, and I'll tell you why. Saturn, the planet of perception and reality. In fact, if you look at the icon on the internet of Saturn, you'll notice its glyph is the cross over the crescent of the moon, which means your beliefs and perceptions concretized, giving birth. In other words, it's karmas and energies and beliefs all manifesting. It doesn't mean they're true. It just means that's what's happening. Well, this year, Saturn, the planet of perception and reality, is squaring the strange planet Neptune, which if you look at Neptune, is the two crescents of the moon bent inwards, which is psychology, paranormal stuff, all that, over the cross. And this is the year when reality starts dissolving from what you may believe. So this is a wonderful year, 2016, to whether you're doing something with classical psychology, psychiatry, self-help, to really question what you believe about yourself, the world, and take an objective review of who you really are. Because and and you know, I have to say I'm I'm finding myself that's a, a healthy thing to do on a regular basis, but this is a year I think that really warrants that. Uh 2016 because the Saturn square uh Neptune, I've got my notes right here. I want to look at it and be accurate when I say this, um, is actually happening three times this year. And it wraps up, looks like it's gonna be uh the very final is this fall. Um God darn it, I have it right here. Let me look here. Uh, yeah, the final hit is September 10th of 2016. 10th? Beca- yeah, hmm. September 10th of 2016. And September 11th, 2016 is the 15th anniversary of yep, uh, 9-11. Yeah. yeah, so see, to people who, who might be listening and saying, well, what the heck, how could a planet do this three times? Well, there's something called retrogradation. And what happens is from Earth's perspective, 
the planets appear to go backwards. And when they do so, they it's kind of like two cars on a freeway. One's going one speed and one's going another speed. And if you don't look at anything else, you just look at the two objects in question. If the car you're next to is doing 56 and you're doing 55, well, it looks at Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.